0: Good morning, good morning, Grace Place Church, online and on campus. We're so glad you're here today, glad you're joining us. I want to say to those of you who are online, order the shirts and uh, join in with us. We're so grateful for you who are participating on a regular basis, and we count you as members of the church. If you have prayer requests, anything, please let us know. We want to reach out to you and help you in any way we can. Welcome on campus, glad you guys are here today. This is the day, as Michelle and I were driving in, we were saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're gonna rejoice and be glad in it, amen? We're gonna talk about something uh, kind of uh, interesting out of the passages of the heroes of faith here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse eight through 16. If you wanna turn and find your place there, we'll also have it uh, behind you here. But uh, we are going to be looking at being comfortable and being uncomfortable. Uh, there is uh, sometimes an, a, a living in, uh, uncomfortably in what God has called us to be in. We can find, find a way to live comfortable in the uncomfortable, right? It's a good way to say it, I guess. Um, if you have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 11, please stand for the reading of God's Word as we look at it together today. Beginning of verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child, and when she was, uh, was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him uh, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, innumerable in the sand, uh, which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, you're a stranger and a pilgrim. And maybe a better way to say it is tell them, you're not home yet. Then it reads, and truly if uh, they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return, but now they uh, desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Heavenly Father, open our ears of our understanding, uh, open our eyes to see spiritually what we have not been seeing. Awaken us, Lord, in the moment in which we live. Let us move into your kingdom and live unshakably in a world that is being shaken constantly uh, by judgments, Lord, and and uh, in their disobedience and their willfulness to live in sin that they can see that there is a kingdom they can live in that is unshakable here on the earth. Yes. We thank yes. you, Jesus, and praise you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. seated. Yes. <coughs> Comfort, comfortable. Living comfortably. Uh, I enjoy life most, I think, when I'm comfortable. I think that's probably true of most of us. When I'm warm, when I'm well-fed, When I'm surrounded by people that love me, um, that for me is being comfortable. And that's probably an accurate assumption, I think, for us to make about uh, people in general. We enjoy living comfortably. I haven't ran into anybody that, uh, you know, says, hey, man, my life is just too comfortable. I'm going to go find some place where I can go where it's uncomfortable, you know. (laughs) Most people are seeking comfort of some kind, right? In the cold we come in for shelter in the warm. Uh, But we define comfort though I think in different ways. Uh, Sometimes we define comfort as unchanging patterns in our life. So for some people living lifelong in the same location is, is comfort. I didn't get to do that but sometimes I look back at some of my friends that you know, uh, stayed, grew up in the same place and they lived there and, and were there their whole life. And I wonder what that kind of life would have been like. We moved around quite a bit when I was younger and, and even uh, Michelle and I have moved quite a bit. And so we've never really lived in the same location for a long time. In fact, we're embarking here on the longest time we've lived in a location uh, here in, uh, in Texas, in central Texas. So for some people, that's what it's about. They, they like working the same job. Uh, friendships that they've formed early in life, they like those to be the same. They like to walk down the street and know that Fred lives over here and Sally lives over there. And, you know, that's just, that's comfort for them. Uh, daily habits. They, they have certain daily habits, and that brings comfort. You know, you get up at a certain time. They make uh, coffee a particular kind of way, the noises and the sounds of the day, reading the paper, watching the news, whatever it is, that brings a sense of comfort. Or, or just not deviating from the norms in any way, shape, or form. For others, it's, it's a, you know, a comfortable bed and a soft pillow. You know, they, uh, they don't really like uh, the travel a lot because it's just never the same as your own bed and your own pillow, right? And there are others that for them, comfort uh, is like the, the, a large financial, you know, nest egg. That's, that represents comfort for them. And they, they love to like, during the course of a work day, go on and check out the 401k and see if the stocks are up. And it just makes them feel a little bit better about their life. It brings a sense of comfort. For some, it's a, it's solid career planning, you know. I have a plan. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going to be next year and the year after that. And I know what my life's going to look like going forward. Others are social status. You know, I, I have a a place in society and in status. I belong here. People know me. I have a title and that brings me a sense of comfort. There are still others that, you know, being in physically good shape, that brings them comfort, you know, Uh, they will go through some discomfort to get there, but when they're walking out of the gym and wiping the sweat off, they feel good. You know, it's comfort because, Hey, I'm getting in good physical shape, but I think there is no matter what people define as being comfortable. There is one, uh, single area that we all can say that this really represents comfort for all of us, no matter what kinds of things, uh, that we've mentioned here before. This represents comfort for all of us, and that would be we are in control, or we think we're in control, of our circumstances, right? That is is really where we're most comfortable. Whether you're on the treadmill at the gym, you're looking at your 401k, you've lived in the same neighborhood forever, all of us have that in common, that we feel like if we're in charge of the circumstances, we have a sense of control of our circumstances, then you know we are living the good life right and we are comfortable as a result of that so our story begins here by looking at uh, abraham and it rocks that boat right away because it begins by saying and he went out not knowing where he was going and he went out not knowing where he was going now this sentence likely describes how michelle explains my driving and he went out, not knowing where he was going. <laughs> but you know, in reality, when we take a look at this sentence, it, it makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? When you read this opening sentence and you relate it to your own life, and she went out and he went out, and not knowing where they were going, they're just gas in the tank, here we go, you know, and we don't know where we're going. We don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what uh, is, is just beyond. And there is, uh, today we're looking, we're examining the faith like, that God calls us into the unknown. Now, you know, I don't think anyone chooses to go out not knowing where they are, you know. Uh, We want a compass, we want a GPS, uh, we want a sense of direction. East, west, north, south, you know. I've been lost out in the wilderness before, and uh, I at least want to get my bearings straight. You know, I want to start moving in a direction that I know is for sure, you know? Know where the sun comes up and where the sun sets, and you know, I see the the moss growing on the north side of the tree. So I have an idea of where, you know, I, I want to be heading, right? And so everybody has a sense of like, I want to go, you know, in some kind of direction. You may not know where you're going, and that was the case for uh, Abraham when you're moving in faith, but what he did know was who was going with him. You don't have to know where you're going if you know who is going with you. If you have a leader and a guide, that's cool. If you have someone who's been there, who knows, who's been into your tomorrow, then you can go with confidence even though you're going into the unknown. By faith, it says of Abraham, he dwelt in a land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs uh, with him of the same promise. For he waited for he waited for a city which foundations whose builder and maker is God. Now the opening verse of the text begins with, "By faith, Abraham obeyed." In this section, in uh, this passage, uh, verses nine and ten, we see his his obedience, you know, uh, is 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 offered to the Lord, respective of his questions. Right? He's, you know, where are we going? What's going on? It's like I have come to know you and trust you, and if you say it's time to go, then I'm ready to move on to the unfamiliar. And I think what's what's interesting about Abraham in this in this instance was Abraham obeyed God when it was was uncomfortable to do so, and he was willing to to uh, be uncomfortable, you know, uh, to find a place of comfort in the uncomfortability of what God was calling him to do. I'm I'm comfortable in you're the leader. I'm very uncomfortable in the in in where we're going because I have no idea. And I don't know what to bring, you know. When Michelle and I were uh, we took Micah with us. Uh, I think it was just Micah and uh, Amanda. Amanda was pretty young on a vacation to California, and uh, Micah, you know, was, uh, you know, getting older, and and to the point where she was concerned about, you know, how she went out and her appearances and and all of this, and she had a checklist about she wanted to know where we were going, and Dad's no fun along that line. Mom's had to learn to live with Dad, and now M- Mom's a lot more this way. <laughs> But I am an explorer. And so when we go somewhere and we get to uh, the hotel, I have no plan. I, honest to God, have no plan. Uh, we're going to go driving and we're going to explore and we're going to see what's out there. And so this was like killing Micah. It was absolutely, you know, where are we going? You know, because how am I supposed to dress? How do I do my hair? And she didn't know. And so, uh, you know, she's, she's learning throughout life to live that way. One of the, the funniest things, the pictures that we've kept and we pass around among family, and we would never show you here, <laughs> is the day I told Micah, come on, let's go. And she goes, where are we going? And I said, we have to go uh, get our passports. And, and uh, so she's, you know, uh, this is the day she's decided to do her hair like Helga. And. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't tell her where she's going. <laughs> I, I didn't tell her they're taking pictures. I did tell her we we're going to go get a passport. <laughs> and so forever, for the longest time, uh, you know, Micah uh, looked not like Micah, because she never dressed this way, never did her hair this way, uh, on her passport, you know, and it was even like hard to get her back in the country. because. <laughs> do your hair like that, and she's have to twist it and those things. And, it, you know, it's like moving, uh, finding a place of comfort, and finally in our family, they learned to find a place of comfort in the discomforting uh, arena that I was going to present when we got to the wherever we were and we were going to explore. And this was a situation, coming back to our message, for Abraham. Uh, you know, he was, he was like this, I just don't know what to wear, I don't know what to bring, uh, I don't know what kind of shoes, but God, let's go, and uh, you know, I, you're the leader and I'm going to follow you. Then it says about Sarah, by faith Sarah herself also received strength to uh, conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because uh, she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, we know, uh, those of us who know the story of Sarah, go back, uh, for those of you who may not, and read in Genesis about uh, Sarah and Abraham, uh, that, you know, God had promised them early that he was going to give them a child. They were unable to have children. And that, that child would be seed that would produce Israel, the nation Israel. And uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to have all kinds of heirs. I'm going to bless you, and it's going to be great. Now, all of us, you know, we're thinking, logically, there are years in which we should have children. And, you know, as you get into your 40s and your 50s and your 60s, you're thinking, well, maybe God's forgot, you know. He made a promise. And so they, they did like many of us do. You know, Sarah came up with a plan to help God out, you know, and all, many of us do that. When we're uncomfortable, you know, in what God's called us to, let's help him. You know, he's probably busy. You know, there's probably like a calamity across the globe. And he needs a a little bit of input and wisdom from us. You know, we can help him, right? (laughs) And of course, it it was a disaster. You can read the story. We won't go into it here. But God brought about the promise. So Sarah's, what I wanted to point out about this was Sarah's faith is, is developmental. It's developing. You know, so she wanted to help God early on. But at this record of her at the end says that because she judged him faithful who had promised, she learned to live in the uncomfortable comfortably. And there was a place where she said, I'm not going to solve this anymore. God's going to make it happen. God is going to make it happen. I'm not going to do anything that's going to turn this around. It is up to God. It's his promise. I'm just going to be available for the promise to happen through me. Now, now, the last statement describes, you know, her maturity and her faith that, you know, that she was, she, she judged him faithful. God, you've been faithful to me a whole life. I have this whole life record. And so I'm going to hold on to the promise that you've given to me. Then it says, and truly, if they had called to mind uh, that country, and we're just going through the passage here, uh, which they had come out, uh, they would have had uh, opportunity to return. But now their desires, uh, they desire a better uh, that is a heavenly country. Their, their whole mindset and desires begin to change. What they thought was beautiful, wonderful, we, have, we want to have, we want to... You know, faith does this to you. It does this to you. It's like what you think is most treasured and, and uh, great. You know, there was a time in my life where, where I thought, man, if I had a boat. If, if I had a boat, I'd get on the water, and I'd fish for fish, I'd swim. And my kids would have a good time if I had a boat. I got a boat. Actually, the boat was given to me. It, it came through a family estate. And I want to tell you, you don't want a boat. <laughs> <laughs> a boat is a home of money in the boat? <laughs> There it is. Uh, there it is. Exactly. You want to be a friend of a person who has a boat. That's what you want to be. And, you know, but... You start getting things in life. You progress along the things that you think you want. going to change everything. And that's what was happening along the way here. They were realizing that all of this pales in comparison to where we're going. There's a, there's a builder of a city uh, who, who's making it, who's, whose name is God, and I want to be with him. I want to be in his city because there's nothing in this world that's really worth having. And, and so the struggle is real, isn't it? That we're, we're battling, you know, this sense of like, you know, we want to be in control. We want to accomplish. We want to get things. And then we get it and we find out that there's no fulfillment in it. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't bring us the blessing we thought it would. Verse 6, he says, but without uh, faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. It is the encouragement to us to develop our faith and to grow our faith. It is impossible to please God without it. And and those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, who come after him. And Amanda was talking about he's coming after you, and he loves it when you turn around and come after him, right? Is this chasing game, you know, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be me running and God running after me, me running after my own direction. But it should be turning around and running back towards God, right? Yeah, yeah. Seeking him with all of my heart. So let's get to application. I know you've been waiting. Let's jump in and, and see how does this this these passages apply to me today? What can I learn from them, and what can I take away from them? that I can live this out in my life. In this passage, we see uh, three faith responses. Uh, By faith, Abraham obeyed. Now, every every parent in this room, and and every adult in this room, and and those of you watching online, right? Um, You once were a child. So whether you have children or not, you once were a child, and you can totally identify with what I'm going to say right here. From, from the moment that we could speak back to our parents, we practice responding to their commands with a question. Why? <laughs> I mean, that was immediately, it's like you don't even have to teach that to your kid. It's like they are born with it. And as soon as they can talk, that's one of the first words that they uh, learn to say and say often. And it drives us crazy as parents that question can be the most frustrating part of parenting you know and especially when you're in a hurry and you're you know you you need something done and you say do this and uh, the next thing out of the mouth is why you know it's like uh, you know pick up your room why because it looks like an episode from the hoarders (laughs) clean it up I think there's things living in there that are not you. (laughs) When we respond in obedience, we demonstrate our faith and our trust to God. We don't see that in this by faith section. By faith, when Abraham was called to go to a place uh, that he didn't know about, there was no why. (laughs) There was like, all right, God, do you know better than me? Uh, I've come to trust you and to know you. I have relationship with you, and I'm ready to go. You're calling, I'm going, you know, wherever you're leading. The, the second one here that we, we can pick up from this passage that's applicable to our lives is, it says, by faith he dwelt, and we've talked a little bit about this leading up to this, poem, this, this point of the message, but what do you do uh, after you obey and after your initial acts of obedience? Now, Abraham didn't just sojourn within a few days or a few weeks or a few months from where he was into the promised land. This was the beginning of a journey for a whole people that God was taking into a land of promise. And um, it was quite a journey. And uh, it has a stop in Egypt, (laughs) where they become slaves and build pyramids and all kinds of things like this, and then exit, you know, out of that and into a wilderness, 40 years. You know, like, how good are you at being patient and and just obeying God and and making a comfortable home in the uncomfortable? You know, God made a promise to Michelle and I about our, our, uh, you know, our ministry and and, uh, a specific thing to us. And uh, she was praying about it this morning when we were driving in. And and, uh, and I was recalling, I, I can see the building. I can see where we were. We were at a big conference. I can almost see the location in that building where her and I were standing when God impacted us with a powerful personal word for our lives. Now it's been a long journey. And, and uh, we have not seen the fulfillment of that. And I don't know whether we will see it or it will happen to our children or exactly how it's going to happen. But I know we have obeyed God and we've taken the steps and we continue to take the steps that God asked us to take. And that's what was going on with, with Abraham. I'm, I'm journeying, man. I'm taking cattle, I'm taking the people, we're moving on, you know, to where, where God says. And I don't know how this is going to work out on all the details of it, but when we respond in in, in obedience, we, we demonstrate faith, but learning to dwell, you know, and, and wait for the next directive of God is a faith tester, right? Because like Sarah wanted to help, and Abraham wanted to help God. You know, you said, and here's a, here's a way it can happen, you know. And that's what we tend to do. You know, this is God promising. Michelle and I have had this word, and we're like, you know, maybe we, it could happen this way, or maybe it could happen that way. But we have to be steady and obedient and wait for the Lord and let Him decide how that's going to happen. Waiting for the next directive from God. Man, it is a, a faith tester, isn't it? And, and in the midst of that, you know, we're asking ourselves, did I, did I do it right? You know, does does God need my help uh, for the next part? Or, you know, am I where I'm supposed to be right now? And, and in verse 10, uh, we read what, what Abraham did. He waited. He waited. And uh, to, God says to us, get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> because I'm working something in you as much as I'm working something in the surrounding situations and circumstances. Make a home where God has placed you and wait for his instructions. Wait for God to say, move again. It's time. The third thing we can pick up from these passages is, uh, by faith, Sarah judged him faithful who had promised. Just kind of off the charts, trust meter. Here's, you know, you're 90 years old. (laughs) And God has promised that you're going to have a child. Um, How's your trust meter? How are things going? (laughs) Sarah put her trust in the one who keeps his promises. Trusting God in all things begins by trusting God with your things. Right? Don't eat the whole elephant. Trusting God, you know... Trusting God in all things means trusting God with your things. Do your things belong to God? Does everything you have, does all of you belong to God? And then you can begin to get a grasp of trusting God for beyond just your things. I'm trusting you, Lord, with my things, with who I am. And in the big and little things of your life, Choose to put them under God's dominion. My children belong to you. My home belongs to you. You know, um, my language belongs to you. My thoughts belong to you. God, I I wholly belong to you. And so what we pick up from this passage is by faith they obeyed, by faith they waited, by faith they trusted in the Lord. They obeyed, they waited, and they trusted you know, an unshakable faith is is anchored in who God is and not who we are, right? Yeah. It, is, it is because we are confident that he's in the boat. It's, it's where the disciples missed it, you know, when the storm was going on and Jesus, it says Jesus was asleep in the boat. You know, God never sinks a boat with his son in it, right? <laughs> and so they should have gained confidence and we should too. When the world is shaking around us, his son's in the boat. And it's, it's okay for us to be stable and secure and unshaken because Jesus is in our boat. Yeah. He's in yeah. it and he's yeah. with us. I want to invite our worship team to come and I'm going to tell you a story, okay? My mom shares this story quite a bit. Uh, over the years she shared it and uh, my parents were pastors and I can remember her sitting at the piano and and uh, she was going to do a, a, a song and um so she would be kind of playing the entry of this song. And she would stop and she would share this uh, a testimony like this. And this was a story she would share. We were young and it made an impact on us, uh, my brother and I, to hear her tell this story. This is before, I'm thinking now back to before my sister was born. And uh, my mom would tell the story about praying over my brother when he was a baby. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, both of us Probably in the same bed, and she would come in and pray over us at night. And she's praying over my brother specifically. And, and uh, she just feels, you know, I need to offer him up to the Lord. This is uh, my personal dedication. It's not a formal thing that we're doing in front of church, but I need to let the Lord know this is his child. And so she's praying, and she said, God, this is your baby, this is your child. And whatever you choose for him to do, whatever your plans are, I, I offer him up to you completely. And in a flash of a moment, my mom had a vision of my brother in foreign missions, in some dangerous uh, territories. My brother's traveled a lot. He's been to a lot of countries. And, and, uh, you know, but this was early. This was when he was just a baby. And my mom sees him in these places. And there's times his life is in jeopardy. And she sees him on the mission field far, far away from home. And immediately uh, she regretted that prayer she says, and she says, oh, no, Lord, not that. You know? And then the Lord shows her another picture of my brother not knowing God and lost and, you know, uh, de- dependent on, on things that he's given his life over in sin. And it's a, it's, it's a horrible picture that she sees. And my mother began to weep and repent before the Lord. And she said, Lord, I give him to you Whatever your plan is for his life, he totally belongs to you. Yeah. You know, it's in our nature to be stuck sometimes on the why with God, and we're not moving. We're not ready to move uh, with or without God's blessing. We're not ready to go where he's sending us. Putting your your confidence in, in your own abilities, your networks, your friends, and... Uh, feeling like, you know, that's what you need to do with your life. If this is where you are in your life in terms of your your faith walk, if you're stuck, if you're struggling to trust God and in any area of your life, if you are putting more of your confidence in your own abilities and your networks and your friendships, then I want to ask you, this morning to stand up not everybody but just those who feel like you're stuck uh, you're at the why with God you're ready you know to um, you, you want to be ready to move with God's blessing but there are things that are prohibiting that right now so I just want to ask those who feel this way this morning to stand because we're gonna pray with you you've been putting your own confidence in your own abilities and who you are, and you're like, I, I really want to trust in God. I want to believe in Him. As you see people standing near you, will you go and put your hand on their shoulders? And we're going to pray in just a moment together as a church family. If they're near where you're at, are there, is there anyone else that needs to stand? You're saying, you know, <clears throat> I'm stuck on why with God. There are some things God has asked me to do, and I don't really, I'm fearful about it. And I'm just saying, why, why, why? And God's saying, just come with me, trust me, believe in me. I'm going to lead you. Is there anyone else that needs to stand? All right, those of you who are online as well, standing, if you have family in the room, have them gather around you and lay hands on you. We are doing so uh, as well in this room, praying for you as, as much as we are for those who are standing in this room. Heavenly Father, I reach out and touch you, God, for those who are standing, who are in all honesty. They're at the beginning of a, of a grand change by just coming to honesty and saying, Lord, I, I, I am fearful about some next steps. I'm ask, I've been asking why too much. Um, I'm struggling in areas of my life uh, where I feel like you're calling me into the unknown. I'm, I'm struggling getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. I want to help you. I want to... Uh, to try to make it happen. I feel like there's been promises made and I haven't seen them and so, you know, not in the way that I thought they should be and so I'm I'm trying to do things to, to help uh, make it happen and it's not working out. It's blowing up in my face. And so God, I'm asking you right now, we come in all honesty, yeah. Lord, in all sincerity and all humility before you. Yeah. Put us in your unshakable kingdom yeah. and let us make you Lord and leader of every moment of our life, trusting you with every thought, trusting you with every plan, trusting you with every choice and decision going forward. We ask in Jesus' name. Will you just pray for those that that you have your hands on right now? Just lift them up to the Lord. We thank you, God, that you're answering prayer, that you're doing a work that no one else can do. Father, we praise you and worship you and give you glory and honor, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.